Good morning, guys. Oh, so, uh, yeah, most of y'all know me. Um, I'm Nate Miller. I've gone here forever, it seems. Uh, grew up here as a teenager. Uh, yeah, really most of y'all know me. I'd say we left for a couple years after my wife and I got married, hopped around a couple churches, and we've been back here for about three years at this point. We've got two little honorary redheaded boys, Lincoln and Boston. You'll see them running around screaming probably. Clapping at great times during the service. But, uh, yeah. So I work at Potter County as a medical officer out there. And I actually just got hired on here as the local missions guy. So that's an exciting new adventure for me. And this here is actually my second sermon to ever preach. The first time was on Thursday. So kind of got to bear with me a little. It's kind of nerve-wracking, kind of scary for me. So, if I start talking too fast, or if I don't make sense, just throw something at me. Like, we'll figure it out. But, today, I want to talk to you, uh, I want to talk to you about your fears. And where do you find your comfort? So, kind of an uncomfortable subject, but I want to ask you two questions. What are you afraid of? And, second question is, where do you find your comfort? So today we're going to go over John 11, verses 17, sorry, 17 through 37. Um, I'll actually read it here in a minute, but I want to give you just kind of an overview of everything we've seen so far in the book of John to kind of lay the groundwork of what's going on here. So if we're going only from the book of John, we've already seen a ton of miracles. We have Jesus turning the water to wine in chapter 2. We have, he's talking to the Samaritan woman at the well in chapter 4. Uh, later in chapter 4, he heals the official son from a distance. Uh, that's when the Roman official comes to him and says, My son is sick at home, and Jesus heals him right then. He doesn't go to him. He doesn't have to lay hands on him. He says, Just go home. Your son's going to be okay. The, the official goes home, and it's true. That's uh, it. Later, Jesus heals the invalid at the pool in chapter 5. He feeds the 5,000. Uh, he walks on water in chapter 6. Like, we have a ton of miracles. He heals a blind man in chapter 9. A lot of physical healings, which are great. Um, and here we hit chapter 11, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, we all know this story. Um, we're familiar with it, but that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what happens right before it in chapter 11, where Jesus goes and he comforts Martha and Mary. So... Keep in mind those two questions I had, like what are you afraid of and where do you find your comfort? Um, and I'm going to read the passage. So if you'll turn to John 11, starting at verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask for. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she had got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? If you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Dear God, we come to you today just hungry for your word. We come to you today with open arms, with open hearts, just hungry for whatever you have to teach us. Dear Lord, we know that we can find our comfort in you in these scary times. Dear Lord, will you please comfort our fears with whatever's going on? Will you please comfort my fears being up here um, and just this new experience? Dear Lord, will you please just send your spirit here? Let it work through me, my crazy mixed up words that I can at least speak to someone here that they can grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, so... Do y'all have your answers? What are you afraid of? Spiders. <laughs> uh, you, well, you don't have to say it out loud, but it's, it's nice to know. Uh, but yeah, here I actually have a neat little picture of the top 10 fears that people have. Uh, we've got arachnophobia, fear of spiders. We got uh, agoraphobia, fear of crowds. We got fear of public speaking. Trypanophobia, fear of needles. Uh, aerophobia, we got fear of flying, acrophobia, fear of heights, and cyanophobia, fear of dogs. I mean, there's tons of stuff that you can be afraid of. Um, and then if we actually look at our second picture, here's a neat little pie chart. Now, I'm not going to read all those little things on there, but I want you to take a look at the big red portion. What do y'all think that fear is? Any guesses? You beat me to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, the big red part is actually our fear of death. And uh, the big blue part, which is number two, is actually fear of public speaking. So <laughs> just got to throw that in there. <laughs> but yeah, all those little chunks, those, they're physical fears, fear of drowning, flying, all that. All of our normal fears, they all fall into the category of a fear of death. It's a fear of the unknown. It's just something that we're uneasy about, that we're scared can harm us. 
So, I mean, if, if we're scared to death now, this isn't a new fear. It's always been around. As long as man's been kicked out of the garden, we've, pardon the pun, but we've lived with death. Like, it's nothing new. We know it today. Uh, they knew it in Jesus' time. And here we have a great sample of the death of a loved one and how it affects two women. So, I kind of want to go further into what these women were feeling at this point. Um, so you have Mary and Martha. We all know them. Uh, we all know it's going to happen, but put yourself in their shoes right now. So we have two women uh, way back when that they just lost their brother. Like, other than being emotionally just grieving, they just lost the man in their life. This was a chauvinistic, male-centered society that these women, they just lost everything. They can't vote. They can't own property. They don't have anyone to care for them. They literally have nothing at this point. They've been completely wrecked. Like, emotionally, socially, culturally, they just became second-class citizens. Like, they have nothing at this point. So they're grieving, they're mourning. That's it, they, they're lost at this point. It's just, it's a double whammy. So if you think of what's going on with them, in enters Jesus. He comes in and he redeems them. If we take a look at what's going on here, where else do we see this in the Bible? Where we have a woman that's lost everything, she has no family around to care for her, and she's in need of redemption. I think I heard it. Uh, we have the book of Ruth. Um, just a quick recap of that. Ruth, she, her husband dies. She has no other family. There's no other male heirs around to immediately redeem her. Um, she can cut her ties and leave. She can go back home, but she chooses to stay with her mother-in-law. She chooses to be a good Israelite, essentially, um, and in enters Boaz. He's a distant family member. He comes, he marries her, he redeems her, he brings her back in to the family, um, and he promises to protect her. Like, Ruth is eventually blessed by being part of the lineage of Jesus, even. Like, she's rewarded for her faith. So here with Mary and Martha, this echoes exactly what happened in the Old Testament. Um, these women are completely destitute, and they're brought back into the fold. They're redeemed, which I don't really want to get too off track with that, but I just really wanted you to know what was going on with these women, just how low they were at this point. Just put yourself in their shoes. Lost your loved one, and now you are nothing. You don't have a home. You don't have property. You don't even have a chance. But here, Jesus, he comes in and comforts them. So we can see through the text that these sisters knew who Jesus was. They knew what he was capable of. Uh, they both flat out say it like, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They knew what Jesus could do. Like they... They called on him. They knew exactly what he could too. They were wanting him to heal their brother Lazarus. But when you think about it, he didn't. 
back in verse uh, 17 and 18. The Lord waited two days from the time that he heard that Lazarus was sick to when he came to them. Let that sink in. Lazarus was dead for four days and Jesus was less than two miles away from them. That doesn't quite add up. Like two mile, He was less than two miles from these people and he didn't go to save them. That's from here to the Home Depot and back. That's from here to the Starbucks over there and back. Like, could the man who can save your family and just not be bothered to walk the two, two miles to come and save him? Think of how hurt you would be at that point. Like, you know what this man is capable of, but he just couldn't be bothered to walk 30 minutes out of his way to heal someone that he loved. Like, he couldn't go and heal his father's brother. Like, what's going on? Like, if that were me, like, I would be sad. I would be angry even. Like, I would be confused. And so were the sisters. Like, they had every right to those feelings, just like we would today. But this is kind of where the turning point is. Jesus did wait those two days, but he ultimately did heal their brother. Jesus had a plan. He wasn't just being lazy and, oh, I'm going to kick back for two days before I go and comfort these women. Like, Jesus knew what was, he had a plan from the beginning. He knew what was going to happen. Previously, he even told his disciples what he was going to do. Um, yeah, so Lazarus was dead. He was dead, gone, and buried. Like, he was undeniably dead. And everybody knew it. Jesus knew it. But he shows up, and he blows past way everybody's expectations. Sorry, lost my place. <laughs> but I want to tell, I want to emphasize that. Jesus knew what was going on. He had his plan. Jesus came to heal Lazarus because he loved him. He healed Lazarus because he loved the sisters. Jesus came and comforted them before he ever healed, the brother, healed their brother. Jesus was there for them. He was there for Mary and Martha. He eased their fears. And he does the same to us. It doesn't matter what your fears are. It could be the fear of spiders, it could be fear of flying, fear of COVID-19. Like, we're all scared of everything that's going on today. But Jesus is bigger than all that. He has a greater plan. Jesus is here with us in this. We can see in verse 35 that Jesus wept. He wept at death. The creator of everything he was moved to weeping. That's not just like kind of haphazard tears trickling down. That's full-on weeping is what the text says. It was with purpose. If the Lord weeps at death, just like we do, he knows what's going on. He knows our fears. He knows what we're feeling. 
He knows this uneasiness about death that we have. And he's here to comfort us. Jesus has conquered death. We all know this. That's why we're here. It's what we believe. Like, he's no stranger to it. And that's what I want you to leave, home, leave today knowing, is that Jesus has conquered death. He's here to comfort us. Jesus has the ultimate power over life and death. If we look through everything he's done, we see he's conquered demons. He's controlled the weather. He's healed the sick. He brings back a man from the dead that's undeniably dead, just like we are in sin. I want you to know that no matter what you're feeling, whatever uneasiness you have, that Jesus has conquered it all. He has a greater plan than the here and now. We might not know it, but he's there. He's bigger than all of this. So I want to leave you today just knowing that he's there for you. Where do you find your comfort? So at the first of my sermon, I asked two questions. What were you afraid of? And where do you find your comfort? So our second question, I want to just kind of expand that. Where do you find your comfort? Do you find it in physical things? Do you find it in money, in your retirement? Do you find it in guns? Do you find it in being prepared for the future? And I want you to think, whatever you find your comfort in, is it really going to be there on the last day? like Jesus is? Whatever you place your comfort in, is it, is it going to save you? Is it going to raise you from the dead? It doesn't matter if we're depressed, if we're angry, if we're confused, if we're lost. If you don't have anywhere to go, I want you to know what is going to bring you back on that last day. What is always going to be there for you? So I know I've kind of jumped around. I'm still pretty new at this. <laughs> but I just want you to know that Jesus is always there for you. He is our comfort. So I, I really want to thank you all for this opportunity. I know I kind of rushed through it. And I talk with my hands trying to figure that stuff out. But <sighs> well, thanks. <laughs> Um, I really hope I at least left a mark on one of you. But I want to thank you for your time and if you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Jesus, we come to you today knowing that you're our comfort, knowing that whatever fears we have, whatever makes us uneasy, that you know that, that you're more powerful than that. Yet you have conquered death. You've conquered everything. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your son for us. We thank you that you sent your son to die for us, that he can conquer that sin, that we can have eternal life with you. We thank you for easing our fears. We thank you for comforting us in all of our times of need. We thank you for giving us an example 
of just the power that Jesus does have in our lives, both back in his time and today. We come to you today just asking that whenever we need you, that we can remember that Jesus is there for us, that we have confidence in him, that he will that he'll comfort us, that he'll ease our suffering. Dear Lord, we please bless everybody who couldn't be here. We please be with those that are hurt, those that are scared today, those that are suffering today, that they know that you were there for them. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.